You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Tapping into that authenticity that you are then able to uh, enter into a room, uh, you know, enter onto a stage and be comfortable with that, with that sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that that's a big thing, you know, especially for young performers to, to, to grasp. And listen, it takes time, right? We're always trying to, as young performers, trying to say, who can we be like or who do, who do they want to see? Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand. Well, they actually want to see you, but you have to understand how to show them who you are. Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here, we highlight the stories, how-tos, and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. Last month, I had a full circle moment. During this period of time, I was questioning who I was and my role on Broadway and in the arts. During this time, I had the opportunity to meet today's guest, Stephanie Pope Lofgren. Stephanie, a Broadway veteran whose touring credits include the revival of Pippin, Fosse, Chicago, and as the original Honey in Jelly's Last Jam, played a crucial role in my life. Witnessing her on the Broadway stage at the age of 17 had a profound impact on this young Black girl grappling with her identity in dance. Now, over 25 years later, Stephanie has once again reinforced my sense of purpose in the world of the arts and Broadway. Join us in this conversation as we delve into the topics such as self-care, motherhood, and Stephanie's commitment to preserving the legacy of representation and dance through the Verdon Fosse legacy. And we'll talk about how she is reprising her role as one of the honeys in Jelly's Last Jam at New York City Center beginning in late February 2024. Welcome, Stephanie, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Janine. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my God. So before we get started, I am going to like give you all of your flowers right now at the top uh, because I need the audience to know this. We often talk about representation and why it's important. And so in 1992, I came to New York City 
saw five guys named Mo, but in 93 in the summer, I want to say it was like July in 1993, I saw Jelly's Last Jam also. You all were my wow. second Broadway show. Wow. And I know I told you this in person, but I want like everybody in the world to hear this. You and the other black dancers like you totally changed my life. You all are why I am even here today. And I wow. can say that and I literally stand on your shoulders mm. and I'm about to get emotional. I promise I won't cry. Mm. Me but too. <laughs> the thing is growing up in Nebraska, I did not see very many dancers who looked like me. And I came here and I honestly didn't know even if this was like a real thing, you know, like arts or anything. And I came here and I saw you all and you all let me know that it is real and that it can be done. Mm. And it is truly because of you that I am even in the arts and that I continue to love and appreciate the arts. And so when we met, I was like, I told you, I was like the little girl inside of me is like freaking out. I, I'm, I'm, I am so serious and I am so humbled and I'm so honored to be talking to you today. Oh, I mean, and that I means you. so much. Thank you, Janine. I mean, and how like serendipitous that we wound up just in the same, at that same little table, you know, and just chatting with each other, you know, and, and, and to me, and that's the same thing, like the effect that the theater has, like you don't know whose life you are touching or affecting. And like to hear a story like that, like any time I hear a story like that, but especially when it's someone of color whose life was changed by seeing a Broadway show and let alone something that I was in, like that's everything. And, and it, you know, we can sometimes get a little jaded, but, you know, hearing something like that kind of reminds us, you know, as to why we do what we do. So I feel blessed and, you know, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for sharing that. So let's go ahead and start. All right. I want to jump. I want to jump okay. in. Um, okay. Can you tell me, you know, you have had you have had a storied history. I mean, really, like, what over 35 years. You're an actress, you're a singer, you're a dancer, you're a writer, you're a director, a choreographer, producer, voiceover <laughs> actor, performance coach, and a yoga instructor. I need to get my butt there. How and a mother. <laughs> and a mother, yes. Okay, now that, that that's big. And a mother. How did you discover that the world of theater was your calling? I mean, what was like that light bulb, that ah moment? Well, it's interesting. First of all, I have to say, like, you know, when everybody, when anybody like reads off my bio like that, it, you know, I laugh when I hear all the hyphens. But I have to tell you sort of how that came about. And it was interestingly enough, it was when I was doing the original Jelly's Last Jam um, with Gregory Hines. And I remember one of the things that he told me was he said, Stephanie, you know, you really... I uh, should take the time to hone many skills. Um, we, you know, as people of color need to be able to do multiple things, right? Because when they're not hiring you as a dancer, they can hire you as a singer. When they're not hiring you as a singer, they can hire you as an actor, you know? And I took that to heart, you know? And so anything that I was able to add to that 
bag of tricks, mm -hmm. you know, I made it a point to do that so that I could stay relevant, have longevity, you know, and, um, and have a career. So that's where those hyphens come up. And I owe that a lot, you know, to, to Mr. Hines, uh, rest his soul. Um, but it all came about, honestly, I'm, I, it's weird to say sort of as a fluke. I know that I would be singing and dancing around the house. My mother loved watching uh, movie musicals on TV. Um, and she would be singing along with the song. So I think that was like my first introduction to the world of musical theater, singing and dancing. But I am the youngest of three girls, but the tallest. Mm. So I think, and we grew up in Harlem in New York, and I think my mom didn't want me to be embarrassed, you know, or, or you know, about my height. So she heard about a dance school. It happened, and the name of it was the Dance Theater of Harlem. <laughs> she knew nothing about the dance world. She just knew it had the name Harlem in it, so it must be okay. And walked into those doors and my life changed. I mean, seeing all these, similar to your story, right? Seeing these beautiful black dancers and not only dancers, ballet dancers, it, it opened a whole new world to me and I never looked back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, so you mentioned starting at Dance Theater of Harlem and you shared in another interview how your, you know, your mom, she saw Harlem. She, she was like, it's got to be good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because she didn't want you to be ashamed of your height. Can you right. talk about just how being there, not just and seeing all those people of color, how that continually feeds and fed your confidence, not just from when you were young, but how it influences you and the work that you're doing today with mm -hmm. other dancers or just people regardless of color, but just other dancers and, well, and performers. You know, it's interesting because I guess I sort of took it for granted, but in hindsight, I think being around um, predominantly people of color, predominantly black folks at that age, at that level of, of, of efficiency and, and performance and perfection, that was the standard. That was the norm. Uh, that was the world I was living in. So there was never a doubt whether or not I belonged at that time. Now that may have changed a little bit when I went downtown, but because that was the world that I was living in, it, it didn't. It did not seem odd uh, to me to be a, surrounded by and a part of uh, that level of excellence. Um, and I think I carry that with me uh, as I travel downtown to then, uh, you know, uh, get a scholarship to study at Alvin Ailey. Um, you know, which was another organization, you know, predominantly people of color, um, you know, at the highest level. And so, so you know, the, the bar was high. The bar was high. And you and so that caused, you know, someone like me to always be striving for excellence. Oh, speaking of excellence <laughs> and you were picked and worked directly with the legendary Bob Fosse on the revival of Sweet Charity and Big Deal. Mm -hmm. And 
these were your first two Broadway shows. I mean, come on, hello. Listen, listen, <laughs> who are you telling? I mean, you know, like how does something like that happen? I mean, I, uh, it's so funny, I, I just, uh, celebrated uh, 40 years being a member of Actors' Equity. Wow. And I, and I posted that on Facebook and um, and I sort of told the story. I got my equity card at, at 19 and it was because I was chosen to be in the ensemble of a show that was planning to come to Broadway called Honky Tonk Nights. Mm. Now, now that show was directed and choreographed by the legendary Michael Kidd. And... Um, and but between the time that we did that workshop and the time that I auditioned for Mr. Fossey, I had gotten um, Sweet Charity. It, it's kind of convoluted the way it all happened. But long story short, by the time Honky Tonk Nights got to Broadway, I was already doing one of the Fossey shows, so I wasn't able to do that. But I mean, to be to start your career out working for Michael Kidd and then Bob Fossey, I mean, you know, like where else is there to go? <laughs> to go from there but but mr fossey did ask me where did you study and when i said dance theater of harlem and alvin ailey his eyes lit up you know and and next thing i know i was in a rehearsal room with him um he seemed to be the kind of director choreographer who liked to use this his you know a, a core group of dancers over and over again but it seemed like every now and then he liked to bring a couple young folks in to mix it up and I was lucky enough to be one of those young ones, you know, that he brought in. And um, it, it was life changing. It was absolutely life changing. Oh, my gosh. So let's pivot for a moment because mm -hmm. you you went away, you stepped away, stepped you know, away. so you, you're you're dancing for Fosse. You're you're doing all these big things. OK. And then you decide to, you know, take a step back for a minute. You took a 10 year hiatus. Yeah. And you returned with the revival of Pippin, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the grace of God, you know, I, I, I was so fortunate, so blessed at a relatively young age. Mm -hmm. And literally at that time, you know, it's not so much like this anymore. Unfortunately, shows open and close so quickly. But back then, you know, shows ran for a while. Right. And, and I, 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 I say I averaged a, a new show approximately every two years, I would go into a new show. So, you know, it went from, from uh, Sweet Charity to Big Deal to then I toured with Sweet Charity. Then I came back and, um, oh my goodness, what was next? Um, I, I don't know, I can't even remember, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I went from show to show to show. Right. And as blessed as I was to do that, I got to a point, quite honestly, where I was burned out. Yeah, I was burned out. You know, I also came of age at a time when the AIDS crisis had just hit. Mm. And I lost so many of my mentors. So many of the people that I looked up to were gone. So that was a huge blow. That was devastating for me, navigating a world where all of a sudden, number one, I, I really didn't know the people that I was now working with. And they were already starting to look up to me and I hadn't even come of age yet, you know, as yeah. a performer in my mind. So there also was a strange responsibility and, you know, just many factors. And I, and I just got to a point where I said, you know, I think I need to take a break. Hmm. And uh, not only took a break, 
uh, you know, met my daughter's uh, father. You know, we got married and it, 10 years later, and then um, by the grace of God, decided that it was time to come back. And I was able to come back with the revival of Pippin and, um, and haven't stopped since. And that was in 2013. So that's been 10 years now that I've been, that I've been back. And, wow. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so, so I tell to I so I tell young people, listen, this industry is going to be here. It's not going anywhere, you know. So if you need exactly. to take the time, take the time to do what you got to do, and and you'll come back, um, bringing that life experience to your work. You it know, makes you fuller, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Can you talk a moment about the work that you're doing with Fosse's legacy and? And for those people who may not, well, one, if they must be under a rock if they don't even know who Bob Fosse is. Uh But (laughs) can you talk a little bit about that work and why it's important uh, to continue that work in educating people, you know, on the legacy? Right. Well, obviously, you know, Bob Fosse is, was a legendary director, choreographer. Uh, he, he was the, he, he, he's won the, the Tony, the Emmy, the, the Grammy and, and the Academy Award, right? With Grammy, maybe Grammy's not in that. Maybe not but, Grammy, but close enough to an EGOT. Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean a legendary, legendary right. and, right. and iconic choreographer and a iconic style that everybody loves and loves to copy quite honestly everybody from Beyonce to mm-hmm. you know Kelly Rowland has a video that 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 you know is an homage to a famous dance that Bob and Gwen did who's got the pain even to to the prom you know if you see the prom mm-hmm. but you know what I mean so it was um, Bob Fosse and his wife and muse Gwen Verdon mm-hmm. uh, uh, their daughter Nicole Fosse decided that and, and no one is really crediting where this brilliant influence was coming from so she took it upon herself um, to establish the, the Verdon Fosse legacy, right, whose mission, among other things, is to preserve the integrity of her parents' work. Um, and she has brought in a handful of artists who have either worked directly with uh, Bob and Gwen or closely, for example, maybe with Anne Ranking, um, to uh, go out into the world and teach um, the, the Fosse canon, um, you know, from people who actually learned it from, from him, um, and teach it quote unquote the right way. Cause there's so many iterations of it and, and, you know, that aren't always accurate. So, but we not only teach the style and repertory and technique, but we also are able to share, uh, anecdotes and things that they both might say to us directly, you know, that nobody else would be privy to necessarily. But it's interesting that, you know, many of our stories are the same, right? We right. We, we heard a lot of the same things and we're able to share those things because that's also an, an important part of dance, you know, to be able to orally share history, um, you know, as well as physically share it. So that's really what the legacy is about. Because you talk about dance being passed down from dancer to dancer, absolutely, and the important and the importance of it, exactly. You know, um, you know, and sometimes 
um, because you can you can look at a step and think that it's about one thing mm-hmm. when it has nothing to do what it is that you think it's about. You know, many of us were fortunate enough to have heard from Mr. Fossey or Gwen Verdon exactly why a step is done in a particular way. And we're able to share that with, you know, the next generation of dancers. So it, inf- it just informs them, uh, not only as dancers and, you know, oftentimes just as human beings. Oh, my goodness. So staying on the topic of legacy for a moment, you have your own legacy <laughs> as a mom of a 20-year-old junior. Yes. How do you balance that role of mother, performer, and teacher? And what do you hope to pass down, you know, to through your child and, and, and the work? Well, you know, it, it, it is interesting. She is such a blessing in my life. And, um, you know, one of the things that I want to share is that it is possible to, you know, have a family, have a life and also have a career in show business. Now, granted, I did take time off. I took time off, you know, one, we talked about me being, you know, getting mm-hmm. a little burned out, but also I used that time to be an at-home mom and, you know, make sure my child had a solid foundation um, before stepping back out into the business. But it is possible to do both. And um, again, you know, having my daughter marry, I mean, she just brings so much, helps me bring even more to my work having that sort of life experience. My priorities have shifted, like what was so important Mm -hmm. before, you know, in my work life, not so much anymore, you know. Um, You know, she's just been a blessing and supportive. You know, she she helps me run lines and she, you know, she's a tough critic and, you know, (laughs) and and she's been inspired. You know, she, she is like very talented. She's studying psychology and computer science but she also is like the head of the acapella, uh, you know, group that she's in. And, you know, so she has yeah. an artistic bone um, that will always be with her. Um, you know, but she's choosing a different path. But but she is definitely inspired and influenced by the arts. So I know that's going to weave its way into what she decides to do with psychology. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because goodness knows artists need. I was going to say, I mean, she may, she may end up working on her. You know, I was like, yes. look. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember I took her to an event. It was honoring dance teachers. And, you know, we were in a room full of people and so many people that I knew and were hugging and hi, haven't seen you. And she was like, oh, it's, she said, mom, it's a shame that, you know, I, I, I can't take advantage of like your network of people. I said, oh, you'll be able to. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be your clients. Trust me, they will be. If, that, if not them, then, you know, they're, they're children if they're in the arts, you know. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and we all need, we all need, I think we should, we should treat mental health just like we treat regular health, you know, Absolutely. because in order to be whole, it's the mind and the body and the soul. It's not just the body, but so we definitely need her in the art. So don't let her go too far. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. And, and that, and to your point, I mean, I think I am grateful because yoga has been a part of my life since I was in my twenties. And when I took time off, I mean, I literally 
opened a yoga studio. But mm. um, but I think if I, you know, because I didn't know enough, we weren't talking about mental health the way we talk about it now. But I, you know, unreally beknownst to me, I wasn't consciously, you know, doing my own wellness, but I was by just practicing yoga and being in, in that whole wellness environment, you know, taking care of myself as I took care of others as well. Well, you know, that leads kind of really nicely into my next question, you, because you talk about bringing your full self to work, um, mm-hmm. to this work and to your work as a performer. And how do you how do you think you know, these diverse experiences and exploring, you know, so many different aspects of theater, but also including yoga. How is that helping you to come back? Because you are coming back and we'll talk about that in a minute. But how does that enable you to um, to do your work daily and to be fully present and to be fully your authentic self mm-hmm. every time you hit the stage? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the beautiful benefits of practicing yoga is really discovering who you are, right? It, it, it's, a, it's a union of mind, body, and spirit. Um, really taking the attention off of your physical self and getting more in tune to your spiritual self. Um, because this is all fake and false, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and tapping into that authenticity that you are then able to uh, enter into a room, uh, you know, enter onto a stage and be comfortable with that, with that sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's a big thing you know, especially for young performers to, to, to grasp. And listen, it, it takes time, right? We're always trying to, as young performers, trying to say, who can we be like? Or who do, who do they want to see? Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand. Well, they actually want to see you, but you have to understand how to show them who you are, right? Mm. Not trying to be or look or sound like anybody else. And then be okay with if this time who you are doesn't fit into what they need right now you know being okay with that and saying okay fine and then i bring my authentic self into the next situation and they'll either need it or they won't or i'm showing up will change their minds and go i didn't realize that's what i needed or, or i wanted but you have shown me that, yeah, that's what I want. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's 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 allowed me to kind of live in that uh, space uh, and that truth, um, which I never would have had, you know, in my younger years. Right. I mean, and you mentor, you mentor either directly or you mentor by just by your sheer presence. Like, for example, I know you work with our Jimmy's yes. students. And it's important that they see you and you you give them that that kind of nurturing and that mm-hmm. kind of guidance. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about about that and your work and your mentor work and your work as a teacher and you know guiding our next generation? Well, it's interesting because um, you know people have always asked me throughout the years, you know, because I was a dancer, um, why don't you teach? 
And um, I actually never felt the desire to teach. And this is an interesting reason why. Because for a lot of my early career on Broadway and in a lot of shows, I was one of maybe two or a handful of black performers, people mm -hmm. of color in a show. And I had and I felt that if I was gonna teach, I wanted to teach performers of color, young performers of color, young black performers. But I didn't want to teach them this and then there not be the opportunity for them to utilize it. Right. And so early on I was like, I I, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> I don't wanna mm -hmm. do that. You know, that that mentality has changed over the years. And also, you know, I, there are more opportunities. Um, so I, I am happy to share, um, you know, as I have shared for the past two years with the young students, you know, with the Jimmy Awards, which I have loved, with, when I share with the young students uh, with the Fosse Legacy, you mm -hmm. know, which I love as well. Um, those are the places where I like to, to give back. Um, you know, as far as, you know, teaching a, a regular class at a studio on a consistent basis, not so much. I do <laughs> continue to teach yoga, which I love because I also see the life changing benefits of doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do it very selectively. Um, but when I do it, it, it is really, really, really gratifying. And, um, you know, to not only share, as I said before, to not only share you know, physical technique, but, but to share life experience mm -hmm. and, and to make sure, you know, it, it, to have them ask me questions, you know, and give them advice or, or right. let them know what my experience was, the pros and the cons, you know, the successes and the failures, you know, cause as I'm, you know, you learn more from the failures oftentimes than you do from the successes. And you want to let them know that, you know, if they're choosing this career is going to be, a, you know, there's going to be both, Absolutely. you know, and how to prepare for that. So, yeah. So you are reprising your role as one of the original honeys in Jelly's Last Jam next year at New York City Center. What does it mean to you to have this full circle moment? Well, let me tell you, you know, Jelly's Last Jam was such an amazing experience, you know, all around from, mm. you know, our director and writer, George Wolf and, and our stars, Gregory Hines and Tanya Pinkins and, you know, on and on. Um, working with, you know, Brenda Braxton and, and, and you know, Mamie Duncan Gibbs and Allison Williams, you know, so um, life changing, amazing. So to be able to revisit it, I mean, I can't even put it into words, but I have to be honest with you, I wasn't like gung ho about it because I thought <laughs> like, you know what I mean? When you do yeah. something that is so amazing like that, you're like, I don't want it. Like, what's it going to be like coming back to it? And I also, you know, it's like, well, you know, I don't want to be compared to what I did back then. Um, but then once I wrapped my brain around it, I was like, this is incredible. First of all, a whole new generation of people are going to get a chance to experience this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be done traditionally, though, you know, as as Encores was done in the past. So it's yes. not a full production. Right. Uh, we're doing um, I think we're doing maybe five you know, fully uh, choreographed numbers. And it's done as the encores does it as, as reading stage reading, mm -hmm. which is, which is exciting. And, um, but yeah, just to, just to revisit it, 
just to um, feel those words in, in our mouths and, and, and the movements in our, and, what, and the movement that we're going to do in our bodies. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. And, you know, and the honeys are, are, are timeless. You know, they are timeless beings, mm-hmm. you know, so that's exciting to be able to inhabit uh, those characters at, at this point in our lives. And I'm glad it's the three of us, you know, yes. I'm, I'm glad it's the three of us coming back. Uh, to do it again. So it's going to be exciting. Yes. And yes. For all of that. I mean, it's just when you think about it, though, and you and it's like what the honeys represent and who they are and to have these these fly women, you know, who are seasoned, yeah. you know, like how often do you get to see that on stage? Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and, and 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 hoping you know, you know, as I do with every show that I that I do, that it is inspiring in some way, you know, and touches, you know, they say if you can touch one person, you've done mm-hmm. your job. But it's true. It's true. There will be some little Janines out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we always ask our guests this one final question. And what advice would you like to offer to the future black leaders of Broadway. Mm. Uh, yeah. Be true to yourself. Because when I think of leaders, like I am thrilled that we are now taking space as producers, you know, as, you know, of course, directors and choreographers and performers. So, uh, you know, I say continue to live in your truth, um, bring your authentic self into every room that you step into. Um, understand that we are in, in fact, not a monolith. So don't feel like you need to be just one way. You know, I, you know, I struggled with that. You know, um, you know, I grew up. I'm born. I'm a third generation New York, New Yorker, third generation Harlem. You know, and I and and in my younger years, I always used to feel like, you know, but I don't have that Southern experience that, you know, most people, we were raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like mm-hmm. my experience was very different than a lot of the people that I came up with. And I used to feel bad about it. But it's like, no, we're not a monolith. We ha- we don't have all the same experiences, we, but we, we do have commonalities that we're able to um, um, share and appreciate. But we are unique individuals. And don't be afraid to bring that into whatever space you walk into and no and no matter where you fit into this puzzle of 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 the arts of theater of 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 musical theater oh well stephanie it has been a true honor to talk to you and i wish we were in the same room because i would just give you this biggest hug ever but well, it's we okay. will be i'm going to see you be. i'll see you and yes. i'll give you this big hug yes. because um you you said if you can only touch one person then you have lived and you touched me mm. and through touching me you've touched my child who is actually like just left to go be the lead in the nutcracker in oh. in jersey and it's because of you that i had the love of dance that passed on to her and now she has this love of dance and who knows you know where she'll go after that but so ripples right i i thank you 
I thank you. I thank you. And um, it has been an honor to talk to you. And it is not by accident that we met. Absolutely. Uh, at that event. Yes. So. And thank you so much for making this possible. Uh, so happy to be, have an opportunity to speak with you. So thank you. I want to thank our guests and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me, and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm slash bbb so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.